If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My school can boast a prime minister now. Liz Truss, baby. Oh, Liz, Liz Truss. I thought you were joking when you said that. No, for real. She went to Round A, Round a High School. And... and did she only go for 42 days, though? <laughs> we. Oh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Hugh. How are you? I'm good. I am a, I'm recording from a stormy Dublin. My Wi-Fi is gone. I'm now using Aer Lingus headphones that I stole from the last plane I was on. I've borrowed someone's iPad that claims to have 4G, but I don't know how long that'll last. And, uh, and my hair is too short. But other than that, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, the weather's fine. My hair looks great. And we're joined by a, a very special guest, Hugh. So I'm really excited. We're joined by paid comedian, YouTuber, verge for habitat owner, once mayoral candidate, briefly the richest person in the world, and airline owner, Max Fosh. Hi, Max Fosh. Hello, and more specifically, owner of, of, of some headphones that aren't from Air Lingus, which is a shame because Hughes look lovely. Yeah, you've got some Ryanair headphones in there, have you, Max? <laughs> Absolutely. I might have to stop halfway through and, and pay, pay Dermot. <laughs> is he called Dermot, the owner of Ryanair? <laughs> what do you think his full name is, Max? I think he's called... I, I was. He's not called Dermot O'Leary, is he? Uh, <laughs> You're half right. He's a different guy. Yeah, he's a, but he is. There's, he is called O'Leary, then, uh, isn't Michael he? The owner of Rhino, Michael O'Leary. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I was. I was getting my O'Learys mixed up. It's a. Please forgive me. Are your headphones from your plane today, Max? Because you're you've been on a plane. You're up at three in the morning or something. Where you been up yeah, to, Max Fosh? I have been on a plane today. I went and visited Belgium for the day. Um, I went to Belgium today. Um, I got back about an hour ago um, because I, uh, as, as you said, uh, I make YouTube videos for a living and um, I'm currently in the middle of making a video in which I start my own religion. Um, and so uh, I uh, I started my own religion and it's called Sillyism and I went to a place in Belgium called Silly, literally S-I-L-L-Y and uh, I wanted to see the, the, the homeland of Sillyism so I went to Silly in Belgium for the day. Whoa. I know it's funny because out of context, when I just say that, like as like a as a thirty second anecdote, it sounds absolutely bonkers. Yeah, but um, that is genuinely what I did do today. Yeah, I feel like your life is sort of the life everyone sort of believed they would be able to have when they were kids, but then <laughs> no, everyone's like, "Well, that's not realistic." You're like a you're like a smart Forrest Gump. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I mean, I think I think definitely. 
it might seem more glamorous because I I just went to a Belgian village today and did not very much. So it was uh, it was quite an underwhelming experience. I think. Yeah, but but going to a country for a day is decadent. It's uh, it, it seems very upper class. You know, it seems very like I'll have some swan with that. You know, it's like you you hear of the people during the the Irish economic boom where we really. We really, to use a real Irish economic term, we got ahead of ourselves, you know, Uh, like people, you heard stories of people flying to New York to do some shopping for a day and flying to London for lunch and all this. And yeah, as Will says, it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're like, I'm going to go to America and get ice cream and Oreos, you know, and then come back and finish my day in school or something. But I quite like the idea then, Hugh, what's the what's what's the specification for when a trip away what's the length of time where it doesn't become decadent is it the, is it just 24 hours and past that point it's it's a mini holiday and then a holiday i think it depends on what you do i think if you're just going for two hours that's automatically decadent whereas yeah. i think if you're over a day over a day two days you then have to start doing decadent stuff you know will you don't understand what decadent means do you decadent i think is ordering swan as a side dish as you just suggested (laughs) like having a side of swan that's like that's like a third barrel on the seabag montefiore name you know max what what airline do you own i might have missed this while i got cut off i oh i did own an airline yes of course i was i was kind of (laughs) contradict myself he forgot. Imagine living a life where you forget that. That's pretty decadent. Forgetting that's you pretty, own an airline. That's pretty, pretty damn decadent. decadent. God, what a <laughs> what kind of first impression am I giving here? Um, <laughs> I uh, yes, I started. I mean, I think starting an own airline. I think although legally I did sign some papers that said the airline was mine. Um, I I kind of um, I made a YouTube video where I started my own airline. I think it was called Fosh Air incredibly like long like creative process to come up with the name there um like like and, the seabag montefiore swan yeah yeah the seabag montefiore air um sms <laughs> yeah. i got in a lot of trouble for trying to do damn that. it it's been taken <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I I kind of did an uh, start an airline where essentially I took some took some viewers of mine um, on a plane and because I wanted to get the cheapest possible private flight, I flew from Oxford to Oxford. Um, it was it was it was something that they the air traffic controller got quite confused about. I heard when the pilot was taking off, he said, "Where's your destination, Oxford?" <laughs> so he literally just went up, did a few spirals, and then came back down and landed again. Um, and I uh, it was about it was about a fourteen minute flight. And in that time, like I was trying to kind of fit in all of the all the fancy things you get on a on a on a on a private airline, so your champagne, your food, and so it got it just came to a bit where we were just rushing about trying to just pour drinks in before we were, before we landed again. Um, but yes, I made a video where I where I started my own airline for twenty four hours, and I had one flight, and I took six passengers, I think, on this flight. Um, the first thing I introduced you as Max was a paid comedian. Did you enjoy that as your first? Yeah, I really did enjoy that. That's um, I. That's what I kind of get called by my really kind of bemused family and friends when uh, I tell them that I I, I do comedy um, because they just do not believe it. And so I will I will often be the one that makes the t- the worst joke uh, around the around the dinner table. And then my dad just went and I I, ma- I remember made a really bad joke. And I was like, and I'm the one who's a who's a professional comedian here. And my dad said, "No, Max, you're a paid comedian." <laughs> and it was the most cutting thing that I've ever heard. But it was incredibly, it was it was it was so well observed that I had to just applaud it. So yes, um, I thank you for for calling me a paid comedian. Will I mean, would you call so, yourself uh, a paid comedian, professional comedian? I don't think I'm allowed to use one of those words yet, <laughs> but someday it will happen. Max, you, I mean, you've already talked about, you know, visiting countries for a day, flying from one airport to the same airport and bringing passengers and opening drinks. You also appear to be recording this podcast from a red bed. Yes, I have to. Decadent. Like, no, <laughs> no. Or as Anya said, gross. <laughs> 
on your on your thought i was uh just before we started recording on your thought i was away and so this wasn't my room and she said the phrase i'm so glad this isn't your room and then i had to really <laughs> let her down and say no this is my room and it's a very it's a very it's less childish and more recycling i think um because this is a thing essentially the headboard that i've had a lot of my life and I'm 27 years of age which I think is a really is a really damning indictment as to who I am as a person I mean you you've you've slightly spoiled my introduction but speaking of gross childish damning indictment yeah hello to producer Anya hello uh yet again uh Max I'm very sorry that I insulted your bed <laughs> you didn't insult Anya you were being very honest and I and I really appreciated that yeah, I thought Hugh. I thought it was leather. I thought it was red leather, but I've been assured it's a cotton mix. It's 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 a cotton nylon blend. Oh, not co- nylon is not a. It does look Ooh. a bit like a cartoon bed. <laughs> of 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 which cartoon? And I don't know what a cartoon bed is. Yeah, no, it looks but... like it, it. looks like the bed of a clay of a claymation character. Yes. You know, like it's a little. It's, it's Wallace. <laughs> it does it's, actually. Like it looks Wallace like Wallace's bed. Yeah. 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 Wallace and or Gromit, I can never remember which one's the human. It does it does tip at forty five degree angle and I go through a shoot in the floor, which as you a hue is very decadent. Yeah, yeah. Just fires portions of swan into your mouth as you go yeah. outside. Absolutely. If anyone if anyone can uh, kind of pay an architect to to ruin the structural integrity of their room by dr- drilling a hole through the floor, that's pretty damn decadent in my book. Yeah. I mean Let's be honest, Max. If anyone was going to do that, it would absolutely be you. I turned my house into a Wallace the Grommet's house. Uh, Max, I listened to the intro about the plane. Like, I don't think I've ever felt such happiness just hearing about that. I mean, you, you, you that's the dream, right? It, it really is. I mean, it's... um. I think a lot of the, the the times that I struggle with my job is when I do silly things is what I do for a job. And um, the hardest part is get is that first conversation is trying to convince someone that what I'm trying to do is actually what I'm trying to do. Um, so <laughs> I, I had a video about a year ago where I was I hired um, adult film stars um, to just <laughs> yeah. to just act in my short films. So I was calling up. I was calling up their agents and being like, "Hi, can I can I um, check the availability um, for um, uh, Violet, please?" Um, I just want to say there's going to be no uh, intercourse; it's just acting. And so that I remember having a few conversations where they were just in- inherently confused as to how much nudity there was going to be. And I remember saying the phrase, "No, no, everyone will have their clothes on." Um, that was a sentence that I said. Um, so it's just it's just kind of something that I do kind of. They, quite ironically, they probably on. thought you you were the biggest creep of all. Like there was something yeah. something really <laughs> unsettling about the man who just wants them to talk. Absolutely, it's like no, no. I just want acting. I just, I just want to. I just want. I want to, the thespians, That's please. <laughs> I think the only problem I had with that video, Max, was you didn't do it the other way around. Like you didn't then go. And well, I haven't found the Pornhub version yet. Is what I'm yeah, to say. that's just kind of like work experience, though, isn't it? Well, I they <laughs> came and joined me, and then I yeah, had to yeah. go and join them. God, <laughs> yeah. Will, as an actor, would you would you do the inverse again? I don't think so. <laughs> I've, so I thought I'd left that behind me. <laughs> Doing the inverse was actually the title of the movie I was in. So it's probably telling you why we're we're all here. Uh, so if you'd like to like to bowl up to the boundary line. And we'll uh, we'll get get batting and bowling and doing whatever it is that we do, which I've learned about in the last uh, day. When you wrote that intro, did you think using the word bowl twice was a good idea or not? No, 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 I didn't. Um, yep, fair. Uh, our other producer, Michael, sent me a glossary of cricket terms earlier saying he thought it would be fertile ground for, uh, but it was just too confusing. They Michael, who for some reason did not want to be on this episode. I don't know if that's a, a slight on Max or a slight on cricket. No, Probably I, both. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah, he knew there was too much, too much to learn. Um, so we, we always start with a quiz, and Max, it's a, it's a collaborative effort, so uh, just just get in amongst it. Um, so the first question I think might be an easy one for any cricket fans: uh, Who maintains and owns the laws of cricket? Isn't that where? It, oh, it's held at Lords, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The laws of the Lords. Did you did you also get the glossary of terms, Will? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another one of my sex tapes, actually. <laughs> yeah was there was there a bit of confusion between lords and lords because i feel that often happens 
and you end up with just a load of Catholics showing up with holy water and rosary beads. Did you say say water again, Hugh? <laughs> what did I say? Water. Water. Well, I think when you're when you're talking about the holy water at Lords, you do have to say taking the water, getting the, the cure, water. coming home with twenty five bottles of holy water for everyone. Um, um, do you have any? I idea? mean, it's I, I. Yeah, I mean, I. I think it's. I think it's the the MCC, the the Marleybone Cricket Club, which is based in Lords. But I could be wrong now. Max, do you have a do you have a different answer? I don't actually know who because you have the it's the laws of the game. It's they're not they're not mm. rules. More importantly, I think no. I got I got told off when I called them the rules of cricket because they're not rules. No, they're not. They're they're very definitive about it, which it's pretty pretentious, all right. And but you see, that's why I think it's the MCC because they're the old school. Like whatever about the like the ICC runs all the international cricket, but I feel the MCC is still the the old school lads, and they are literally old school lads as well. They are. So. They they're dressed as like those Tunnock's caramel wafer bars, like that's their <laughs> uniform. Um, which are they're delicious. Those 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 are kind yeah. of some of the most underrated chocolate on the market, in my opinion. Have you ever had a little nibble on a Lord's member? Yeah, and then you you suck your tea up through their body, and it makes them all soggy inside. Yeah, that's how I got my membership. <laughs> No, Hugh, Hugh is Hugh is is correct. Uh, Hugh, I'll give you a bonus point. Do you know how many laws there are at the moment? Six, four, over. <laughs> Power well play. Uh, I I I'd say it's like what sixty or seventy. I don't think it's going to be massive. You know. I'm gonna say there's seventy-one. It's uh, 42, 42 laws. Oh. Uh, and it's well done, Max, it was a good play though Max it was a good play taking the over you know yeah, he's come just, here to win just... against his team again <laughs> he's like Jeffrey Boycott I am I'm the pernickety what he ruins it all that's usually my role on the podcast oh, we, we swap it around which was I think another title of one of your films as well Will wasn't it <laughs> um, so our second question is what is a lumpy Stevens a Lumpy Stevens. I mean, Lumpy Stevens sounds like uh, an Australian bowler who's got into a bit of trouble. A few, <laughs> few bar fights, but I don't know. A Lumpy Stevens. I mean, the thing is, listen, we'll, we'll get on to how we, how we feel about cricket later on. But, but Will and Max, you presumably played cricket growing up in England as boys. We did. Yeah. Well, I did. I not together. With, not, never against or with Will, although we might have done Will. Did you ever play know. North Leeds Cricket Club? No. No, I did not play North Leeds Cricket oh. Club. Well, then we probably didn't play against each other then. Where, no, where are you from, Max? Um, I'm from uh, from London, um, and I went to a school, very posh school, called Harrow, which is where I played a majority of my cricket. And then I went to Newcastle University, where I, I, I wanted to play cricket, but I found the off-field antics just quite abhorrent. And so I decided that... It wasn't for me. Um, what what remember, were the off-field antics? Well, I remember so like our initi- like initiation and all that bollocks um, that we had to do. And I was kind of 19 and quite impressionable and thought, oh, yeah, OK. I, I, yeah, I want to do what the lads do. And so I remember we were told <laughs> to bring we were told to bring a bottle of Buckfast and a one litre bottle of VK. And so before we could step into the house for the evening of the night out, we had to completely down the, the bottle of VK, which is a litre. And like VK is just sugar and alcohol. So you have you have a whole bottle of VK. What is VK? VK, what's the, the um, it's a, Will, help me out. Virat Kohli, Indian cricket star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an Alcapop. I, it's like a fizzy, sugary, blue, often blue-coloured alcoholic drink, like the precursor to hard seltzer, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. alcoholic. No, it's good, good to interrupt the flow of the anecdote there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so we had to drink, we had to drink a liter of that, and then we had to also bring What's a liter? fast. <laughs> it's a cricketing term. Oh, sorry, great. Um, we then had to, we had to. Do you know? Do you do you guys know what buckfast is? Yeah, yeah, that's Irish. Yeah, is it? It's Scottish, isn't it? No. And so we had to drink the VK and then we had to drink, then we had the, the, the Buckfast taped to our hands. We were told to drink the Buckfast in 10 minutes. So I was that like, I was then forced to drink like one and a half, like nearly two litres of alcohol very quickly, which suddenly caused it to come straight back up again. But then they all lined us up against the wall outside and they all took in turns to throwing eggs as hard as they could against our backs. 
I remember thinking this is this does, this is not this is not really enjoyable for anybody. I'm I'm not enjoying that's, myself. That's not cricket. That's ri- it's not it's it's not in one of the rules of the game, is it, Hugh? It is not one of the forty-two, um, and so I kind of very much stopped when I got to university. Um, I think I played one game against Liverpool, and then that was about it. Mm. Did you ever come across a Lumpy Stevens? No, Lumpy Stevens. It does. I mean, it, it does sound like it does sound like a cricketer from the seventies or a cricketer that I played with at posh school at Harrow. Um, <laughs> Is it potentially something to do with the pitch? Because obviously if you've got a lumpy pitch, it moves the ball, something like that. No, uh, Hugh was kind of right. It is a bowler, but he was an English uh, cricketer who was born in 1735 and generally regarded as the first great bowler in the game's history. Good old Lumpy Mm. Stevens. And they don't know where he got his nickname from. Good old Lumpy. Yeah. That predates what I thought the, the, the age of cricket was. I thought it was introduced later than 1735. See, I think there's the there's the sort of the like test cricket is around since about 1880, I think, isn't it? But clearly there were some lads playing away before then. Hmm. In 1735. So my last question is: Can you tell me what these three things are in the context of cricket? Vigoro, stool ball, and la plaquita. La plaquita is that Spanish? Are they tapas that are served at particular games? Well, that sounds lovely. Other than stool ball, I don't know that I want that. It's another word for sweetbreads. Um, yeah, so three three cricketing terms. I don't know what they refer to. La plaquita. I feel like there's there's Argentinian Argentinians are mad into their cricket, even though they don't play much internationally. I wonder could there be something Argentinian about the la plaquita one? No. Are they are they are they um are they different grounds cricketing grounds around the world? No. Good good guesses though. She said encouragingly. So Hugh, you're not a you're not a like stool ball sounds like some other sort of French cricket thing. Yeah. So there are three variations on cricket. So either forms the game or older forms the game. So Figaro is a team sport played by women in Australia uh, that combines elements of cricket and tennis. Stool. <laughs> what? Wait. How? How does that yeah, work? How do they do it? <laughs> Where's the nets? Where are the Where are the wickets? What What do they use to hit the balls with? And like, would that not be a very hard ball to be bashing around with a tennis racket? I have a lot of questions. Anya, Anya, I'd like you to pitch how it works right now. Go. Yeah. Fourteen people on each side. They've all got a rock hard ball. (laughs) (laughs) Another one of my tapes. They've got kind of a tennis racket, but it's on a little. It's kind of on a short, stumpy thing. And lumpy Stevens. Lumpy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what. That's when you've won. You say, "Well, I've gone full lumpy Stevens." And I'm not really sure how you win. It's a kind of like dodgeball. You've got to take the others out, maybe. <laughs> and that's what you call full lumpy Stevens. No one really ever goes full lumpy, though. Isn't that right, Anya? Oh, it's considered bad form. <laughs> it's considered bad form. You, you know, you, you, you don't go full lumpy. Everybody knows that. Absolutely. Stool ball is a sport dating back to the 15th century, uh, which is kind of an ancestor cricket that combines baseball, softball and rounders. And it, there's evidence... But wait, what did they, what did they use as the ball? Um, I... I don't... Oh, I'll tell you now, actually. Well, no, I don't know what they use as the ball, but milkmaids used to play it, and they used their milking stools as a wicket, and the bittle, or milk bowl, as a bat. Hence its archaic name of Bittle Battle. So that's what milkmaids were doing. <laughs> that sounds like you've improvised an old English game. Yeah. yeah. Bittle Battle was definitely something at Harrow, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then La Plaquita uh, is a, uh, is played in some Caribbean countries, such as the Dominican Republic, and it's kind of like a version of street cricket, um, where they use broomsticks as bats and old license plates as wickets. Um, and the first team to reach 100 or 200 runs wins. But there's hundreds of variations of uh, cricket. And Hugh, you mentioned this. Aren't there three major types of real cricket, if I can call it that? Well, there's different formats, I suppose, in terms of the the, the length yeah. of the game. You've got you've got first class cricket, which, when played by good international teams, is is usually test cricket. You've got you've got one day cricket, and you've got yeah shorter forms like T Twenty or, or yeah. Uh, they now have ten ten and the hundreds and all these various different ones. But yeah, I guess three sort of formats that will be commonly played. I once played when I was on holidays. Uh, my brother and I set up a game using a flip flop and a tennis ball, and I tell you what. What do you call never it? Never a better time was had. Flipple flapple. Uh, I think we called it flip cricket, which we thought was quite a catchy name. 
not flick it. And it was it was really if you could if you could sweep and not that I was ever a good batsman, but if you could sweep with the flip flop and just catch it bang on and it'd go straight into the bathroom of the hotel room. It was amazing. That that sounds like something that I would love to have joined in on, Hugh. But Anya, I'd just like to quickly go back to your uh, question there. You said they were all variations of the game cricket. When does it stop becoming a variation of cricket and just become its entirely new sport by itself? <laughs> I feel like I'm a talking head on Sky News for women's cricket or something and I've wandered on by accident. <laughs> like, um... I mean, I guess I should preface this by saying I don't know anything about cricket. But what we usually like to do is get the guest and our co-hosts to give us their opening statement on how they feel about cricket. Hugh, do you want to kick off? Oh, what a question dodge there. Just basically that was great. a really long way of saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah, I I was never into cricket growing up. Actually, the school I was in did play some cricket. Um, they certainly weren't the best school by any means, but I never played in school, never had any interest. And then I got into cricket when I was doing my uh, sort of leaving school exams um, because I would watch literally anything at that point uh, to avoid studying. And England were touring South Africa. And uh, I was particularly taken with Jack Callis, who was a South African great. And... Um, so that's kind of how I got into it, and then I just, yeah, I, I, I watched a lot of it. Again, I've never played properly, I've never played for a club, I've never played for a team. I've played a lot on beaches, in parks, hotel rooms, as I've said, anywhere like that. Um, I think it's great, and I love it because as much for the all the politics and all the background stuff and all the bizarre, crazy things going on, and I, I, I appreciate the... <sighs> The listener's opinion of me probably won't change much when I say this, but there are times when I tell you what, during a good rain delay in a test match, you can have some of the best TV you can ever have. So that's where I am. I love it, <laughs> even the rain. Will, what about you? Um, I used to play for North Leeds Cricket Club. I played, played a little bit of cricket when I was younger uh, and then stopped playing it because I got an Xbox. And uh, yeah, I sort of found it quite boring, but then every so often I kind of like it. I like when all the fielders walk in a couple of steps. That's always really fun. Nice to walk in a group. Um, so I'm sort of a bit indifferent, and I liked. I sort of liked doing. I don't. I don't really care about cricket, to be honest. I sometimes find it a bit boring. I quite like it existing in the background, but I don't really care. Facts, Marsh. I, as it is my like, I I really like cricket, but not just because of the game, because there are so many facets about cricket that people can kind of get involved with. Um, I I grew up with uh, cricket being a large part of of my life. My dad played professional cricket, and so kind of growing up, it was something that it was uh, it was very much um, something that I got into very early. Um, I really liked what Hugh said about the idea that you were well, playing playing cricket with a flip flop in a in a hotel room. I think it lends itself more so than most other sports to be able to be played in almost any other uh, dimension or, or venue using almost as little as possible. You only need something relatively spherical and then you can improvise a bat out of almost anything. So uh, a game of cricket can be played in a hotel room. It can be played in a corridor. It can be played in a park. It can be played on a beach and and that's why I absolutely love about it. Um, it and also just the elements of it. There are so many facets that that you can kind of delve into. You can even you can enjoy cricket through TMS on BBC and just listen to it all day without watching a single second of it. But you still are c totally enraptured with um, with what's going on. Um, I think that like and also there are characters in in with with the audio version of, of cricket just by listening to it on TMS that is fantastic so I'm a big cricket fan uh, I like all formats I like just putting it on um, it's something that you can just kind of have on in the background it's almost kind of like the first the first sport version of ASMR um, <laughs> that you can just kind of have there and listen to and it's quite comforting to you whilst you go about your day I'm stepping up to the bat to take is that, is that Anya, do you have an opening position on cricket? I know you're the producer, but what, what, I mean, you've said you know nothing about it. What is your experience or an understanding of it? Um, I my brother used to play cricket, which is probably pretty unusual in Ireland. Um, it looks kind of boring, but sort of enjoyably soporific. 
like very sleepy and I like to Max's point about listening to it on the radio I can imagine that being very soothing like listening to a shipping forecast like just sort of a slow death and that has its own charms yeah. you know yeah I mean there, I think one of the things about it as well and I always said this about commentary particularly in a test match because it is a slow moving game to some extent, the commentators don't have to worry. It's not like in football where you have to say, oh, and Fosh passes to Seabag Montefiore and back to O'Connor and across to whoever, you know? Um, because in cricket, you can see what's happening, you know? And therefore, the commentators are free to kind of talk about whatever they want. And sometimes they talk about what they had for lunch when they played in Lords in 1978. <laughs> and other times they'll talk about, you know, an, a cricketer's entire career. And then, obviously, they'll they'll you know, move back in any time there's a particular, uh, particularly interesting delivery, I suppose. But I think it's something where it's it's a great sort of relationship between the cricket commentator and the cricket and the viewer slash listener because everyone sort of has equal power to some extent, I feel. I didn't know that, Max, that your dad was a professional cricketer. So this is sort oh, of... That's very cool. He was, I mean, he was very, very briefly. He retired at the age of 22 um, because well, he, he, ironically, ironically, he didn't like it. Um, so he's <laughs> he didn't like all the eggs they'd throw at him after the matches. Yeah, he stopped. He stopped playing um, at the age of twenty-two, but he he played for Essex um, and toured with a with a young England team, um, and so he kind of like liked to bore me with with the with the stories of it all. Um, but it was, I think, I what was the it was the first thing that I got absolutely obsessed with as as a kid. It would be I would just go and just bowl all day every day after school i was absolutely obsessed with it i mean what was the first thing that you guys were absolutely obsessed with as a kid i think that the first thing i can remember is i was obsessed with being wanting i was i really wanted to be called mark instead of will because <laughs> uh, our neighbor was an old man who gardened i thought it was really cool i thought mark was the coolest name ever so i used to make my mum buy me mark uh pencils and pens from gift shops in places that's pretty big um was was that is that mark with a c or mark with a k k obviously uh, Mark with a yeah, K. C's nice. C's pretty decadent, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very decadent. It's a very decadent consonant at the end there. Hugh, what about you? Do you get obsessed with stuff when you're? I have. I and I and this is something that that affects me um, in my professional life as a teacher now. But I have no memory really of my life as a child. You know, very little. It's all been blotted out for some reason. You know that. I mean, Irish people are always good British people think they're good at repressing feelings and emotions but I mean guys you haven't even come to play yet you know I mean the <laughs> Irish can do it so well um but yeah I don't know I was definitely I was big into football like but but more not even necessarily following a team or watching it or heaven forbid actually playing with other children but just playing a lot on my own in my own garden um commentating on the match as I played, scoring goals against myself. I once saved a penalty that I took, which I think was probably one of my proudest sporting <laughs> achievements. How did but, that happen? Um, I mean, it, it. I feel it would probably look like if you were working on a TV show, Well, there was a lot of direction, a lot of moving cameras around, you know, a lot right. of people having to sort of block out areas. And, but, and listen, ultimately, I don't remember. But, um, <laughs> but you did yeah, it. Yeah, but I think yeah that that obsession I guess is is it's probably quite hard then to maintain that as the years as the years go by. Here's a question for you, Max. I mean, as do you still watch a lot of cricket or follow it at least? I think I'll follow it. I I follow I follow it more than I watch it. I I love I love going on BBC Sport and just reading the the, the text updates because yeah. there's there's so much humour and so much storytelling in that. Absolutely. Do you ever use Crick Info? Crick Info is great. The ball by Crick ball Info. Crick Info. Um, everything on Crick Info. I remember uh, if if at school there was a there was a player who maybe played for a rival school who was very good who maybe who maybe played like a couple of semi professional games. You'd always look up his stats before <laughs> yeah. before he would play your school, so you knew whether he was in form or not. Whether he was whether he was getting runs for the Kent second eleven. Um, yeah. Which, which is probably the poshest thing I've ever said. But genuinely, <laughs> it was—I kind of remember looking up. I was like, oh God, he's in form. Oh, we're, in, we're in real trouble here, lads. Um, and it was just, yeah. It's, you said chaps, chaps. We, I said chaps. I remember when, how excited I was when I discovered that Samuel Beckett had an entry on Wisden and therefore Crick Info because he played two matches for Trinity College and played two first-class matches and therefore has his. I mean, he wasn't very good. By the look of the stats, hey, you know, but st I mean, stats stats don't tell the full story, do they, Hugh? It's true. 
It's true, absolutely right. You never know what that what that nuggety ten or forty nine might have meant to his team. <laughs> did you ever, when you played cricket when you were younger, Max? Did you ever play with those uh, orange wind balls? Oh yeah, they were great. And then and then someone would someone came up with the bright idea of covering half of the ball in masking tape or duct tape, and then you had um, tape ball. And what would it do? Cause the ball to swing an absolute mile. And so you were just, it was just, you had no idea what was going on. You just kind of close your eyes and swing the bat and hope that you'd connect to it. Um, That's what I did in most of my cricketing career. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I think that life really changed for me that on the day we moved from the wind ball to the corky, I think everything got a bit harder and less full of joy. Yeah, I mean... it. It's a very, very, very hard ball. It does hurt. You know, I mean, and in Ireland, we play hurling and the slitter is a leather ball that we use in hurling. And it's a very hard ball. But I have to say, it doesn't compare to how hard a cricket ball... Like, a cricket ball is mean it's so hard, you know? Like, it's not nice, you know? When you when you get hit in the hands with a cricket ball, if your hands are a bit cold, especially... Oh, oh no. But I mean, also cricket balls have they yeah by by the they have teeth like it's mean like it, the seam of the ball yeah. <laughs> acts as like incisors as it's coming towards you and and we play we play cricket from April to October in this country, so yeah. it's it is it is not sunshine and roses every single day of those those months, um, so it's gonna hurt, and it's absolutely mad that I mean, like professional international players have only been wearing like proper protection helmets for the last 30 years like they came mm. in at some point and even then most people didn't bother to wear them because they were like no obviously not um, and you had these particularly West Indian fast bowlers bowling the ball at you at 95 miles an hour there's a famous story of Mike Gatting who was an English captain who got hit in the nose by Malcolm Marshall and it the ball just just basically smashed his nose and afterwards they picked up the ball and they found shards of his nose embedded in the leather of the ball shards of his nose that's a great indie band name (laughs) (laughs) hugh how how fast can you bowl i mean i i've I've never had the technology to to try i i i am not actually that bad at bowling and i bowl i feel i bowl faster than most of my other friends who don't play cricket but i presume that that equates to sort of a a medium pace for a for an actual bowler so i don't know would would, would it be in the high 70s have a high 70 miles per hour maybe or i don't know that is that's a quick bowler that is a you do some damage with that here i mean i've plucked that number out of nowhere max but yeah, yeah. yeah i think that's i don't know anything well, so they do kilometers in ireland so he's probably just doing the conversion wrong <laughs> Divide by 1.6. I did have one and, question. Yeah. How athletic do you have to be to play cricket? It's a great question because I think I think things have changed a lot in professional cricket now. They are serious athletes. Mm. I say that there are still the odd lads who you're like, they look like they've just wandered down for the day after, you know, various large meals and things like that. But you know what? You <laughs> kind of get that in, in lots of sports. But no, I mean, nowadays, yeah, they're all, they're all certainly the, the internationals, I feel they're all, boring gym athletes you well, know why? like where is standing around in a field and then ah on yeah no but i'm serious right so from from what i've seen just the guy in the big exactly from what you've seen on you haven't you haven't put on best fielding moments of the last 20 <laughs> years have you on you then you'll see wow these guys so, are proper um, athletes there's the guy with the big hat the umpire right yeah yeah he doesn't need to be fit he can be fat no. okay mm-hmm. so he's not You've got really good finger muscles there yeah. yeah, so he's not playing; he's just refereeing. Exactly. Right. There's two of them. And but so the, and then the the bowler is bowling, the guy is batting, yeah. and then the others are just periodically running around. Like how hard? Well, can, yeah, but how hard can that but be? But they all they all do bowling and batting as well. You see. But there's so many breaks. Don't don't they break for food and everything? There are a lot yeah, of breaks. There are a lot in of a breaks. Seven hour day. You oh, know. Right, okay, fair enough. You break more than that, on you? Yeah. <laughs> You're just sitting down all day. I will admit on you that they they are they are sporadically doing things, but then I guess you are you are stood outside up like I mean you just stood up. Look, I'm not going to suggest that that, that that cricket is the most physically demanding sport. It isn't, but I think that there is some physical prowess that's needed. Um, to to give you a, to go back a couple of uh, a couple of minutes to injuries from 
cricket um, and West Indians. So the West Indians were very famous in the 70s and 80s for producing these very mean, tall, fast bowlers that were, were um, kind of that would hurt. And my dad, uh, when he was playing, did a tour with the West Indies and he got hit quite a few times on the on the inside of the leg. And um, to this day, he um, Malcolm Marshall, one of the bowlers, caused his blood vessel to burst in his leg. So my dad has a bruise for, that stayed there for 40 years from a cricket ball bowled by one of the West Indian bowlers. So it can do some lasting damage. But that, I mean, to I, I mean, I hope I hope it hasn't affected his health negatively because if it hasn't no. I mean, that is a serious trophy to have yeah so it, 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 it's Malcolm purely Marshall aesthetic it's purely aesthetic and Anya I suppose there's there's also like if they're playing in Australia or there was a there was a game in the UAE there a few years ago where like it's 45 degrees and they're out there for the day so like that's that's pretty rough you know yeah but I think Anya I suppose the, the nice thing that's talking about international cricket whereas really if we're talking about cricket we're talking about all the cricket and I suppose the nice thing is that yeah people continue playing cricket into their 50s, 60s, 70s, because they're able to just go, and they probably refuse to bowl and just want to bat and refuse to run probably very hard, <laughs> but they'll just stand under the tree with their friends who they've been playing cricket with for 50 years. So, like, there is definitely an element that doesn't require any actual action, you know? I just had a, 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 an abandoned quiz question I thought you might like to hear, which was one of my famous, is cricket an anagram for? Would you like to hear the anagram I came up with? Yes. I think you mean acronym. <laughs> oh, acronym. Sorry. Crikey. Roll it cross. Keeper tidy. <laughs> and I was going to try to be like, is true or false? <laughs> Cricket stands for crikey, roll it cross, yeah. keeper tidy. But, I mean, you know, wait, can I, we have I, that I, one more I, time I, on you, please? Yeah. Crikey. Roll it. Can you give it to us? in? No, no, on you. Sorry. Can I ask? I want you to do this in every accent of the cricketing test nations. So I'd like you to start with South Africa. Some of those are a little dicey, Hugh. I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I can. I can do. Uh, half nah, a... do go on. Do a vague West Indian accent. <laughs> I want to hear your Bangladeshi. Okay, crikey, crikey, roll it cross, keeper tidy. That's just exactly the same as the first one. What <laughs> changed? <laughs> Wait, are you spelling out? Are you spelling out cricket there? Crikey, roll yeah. it, crick. C or I C K E T. Yes. Keep her tidy. Great. It was that that bit at the end that was that was throwing me. I thought you were saying her. I thought there was an H no, in no, there. No. Cricket. Cricket. Crikey, roll it's, it's the Dublin four way of saying it. Cricket. But 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 again, Cricket. but again, like like you know, Max has just done the thing there where he's like, Oh no, I thought you were saying her. I thought there was an H. What do we you know, say? I'm like, oh my god. What like there's say? so many We'd, we'd say a H. What do they say? H. H. Not to. Yeah. So you're meant to say you don't. You don't aspirate it, isn't that? It was, the... it was impossible to understand what you meant there, Max. So Hugh, how do you spell your name? H. U. G. 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 Max, I think I was telling you guys earlier. Hugh and I were in France last week, and I was booking a restaurant, and they did the thing where they were like, "Can you spell your name?" And you know when you're trying to remember how you do the letters in French? So it was like, yeah, in French. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but they, yeah. Uh, Hugh, can you spell your name in French? H-U-G-H. Nice. Uh. Don't you mean hash, you fucking idiot? <laughs> it should be hash, actually. <laughs> when they asked you on your, when you were booking the reservation and they said, uh, do you know how to spell your name? You should have said, yes, see you at seven, and hung up. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, that's a real vintage Will C. Black Montefiore Comedy TM move. Vintage. I just came up with it now, you piece of garbage. It's not vintage. That's hot off the press. Off the press. Fresh that's, off. Some, that's some hot paid comedy right there. Yeah. <laughs> Will or, well, Max or Will, but Max, do you have a proudest cricketing moment in your life? And you've played reasonable level cricket, but it doesn't have to be like, oh, when I scored, when I scored a hundred against the Bumpton boys in Cribblington. You know, it no, could be something so else. I remember, I remember being in a, I remember being in a team that I, I was, I had a bit of a reputation for not being very good at fielding, mm. and I remember that they said they, someone made quite a mean bet with me, that if I, if I made one, if I got one catch in the season, just one catch, <laughs> um, they would, they would pay for a Domino's pizza for me, and. <laughs> 
I remember I hadn't had any chances throughout the entirety of the season. It was coming towards the end of the season. And then I was just kind of given an absolute dolly. And I just about caught it. And the vi- <laughs> the vindication on my face was just absolutely fantastic. Because I remember th- feeling like... And I, was, I wasn't sure whether I was going to catch it. Because I really was <laughs> crap at fielding. Um, and so, yeah, getting... Get, like being... Kind of having... A Domino's pizza hate bought me by somebody in my team because I caught somebody on the opposite team. It's probably my proudest cricketing moment. Um, I did enjoy that quite a lot. Hugh, do you do you have one? Although you you didn't really play, you said. No, but obviously you realise that because I asked the question, I must have something to say myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I welcome to the to show. Sit, just had to sit through your anecdote as long as I could <laughs> get to mine. No, well, I mean, I do, I do, and this doesn't re- reflect well on me. But I remember playing. We were on holidays and we were playing on a beach at the hotel and talk about taking a catch. And I've, I'm I'm not bad at, at catching the ball, I feel, because I've a good hand-eye coordination. I'm atrocious at batting, so maybe that's where the hand-eye coordination lets me down. But I remember this this ball was hit up quite high and I was quite far back. And I sort of backpedaled slightly to, to catch it above my head. And then I realised if I take a few steps further back, it will be extremely easy. But if I stay where I am and wait, I'll then have to dive back and take it one-handed, which would be way more impressive. <laughs> and I did that. And and I, I got applause from the two people sitting at the bar who might have been watching. And Were they two well-heeled older women who sent you over a drink? And then, <laughs> dear reader... <laughs> the classic, the classic, you know, cricket hotties at the match, you know? Yeah, no, are, there, are, there, are, there, are there cricket... That's why you get into it. Are there cricket wags? Yeah, they're not called roadies. They're called creases. um i mean cricketers have relationships yeah but do you have the the glamour of the footballers wives you know is there the same subculture there well there was there was kind of there was a there was a story i mean cricket is as you can imagine due to the people that can't the kind of people that play cricket cricket is full of financial fraud and um (laughs) a number of a number of years ago, there was a very uh, famous case where a man was money laundering um, a lot of money in West Indian cricket. He was a man called Alan Stanford. And he was like the first person that seemingly was bringing big money into cricket because he he, he, um, he he set up this game where he was going to say that, right, the, the it was going to be the rest of the world versus England, the best players in the world playing each other. And the winning team, every player gets a million dollars. And it was a big like media storm about this. And they were doing some promo before the match started. And Alan Stanford was was filmed with a lot of the players' wives and girlfriends being very lechy and being very untoward towards them. And it was there was kind of this collective kind of almost kind of protective mothering mothering of of the cricket community towards the girlfriends of Ian Bell and Kevin Peterson or whoever whoever they were and I, I seem to remember that they they were kind of seen like that the wives and girlfriends were like it really was a that's not cricket kind of vibe um so I think they are they are there but they are kind of almost loved and endeared by the cricketing population by the, the 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 audience of the people who watch cricket Again, there are fewer people watching, so there's less scope for it to be really tabloidy, you know. I was going to ask Anya if she's angling for like a new reality TV show about the wives of cricketers. Tell me that would and the be, husbands of. Cricketers. Tell me that wouldn't be great TV. It would. You know, they've got it money. Would, that wouldn't the be great TV. Are uh, I hate reality TV. Listen to the reality TV episode to find out more. I think I'd be interested to know how like what reality TV producers could could come up with if they were just given cricket as. A, just a playing field uh, to, to to come up with something. Yeah, yeah. Max, Max, this feels like fodder for one of your videos, though. You know, you've got to, yeah, you, you've got to. I don't know. I I kind of you know, <laughs> I dated all the England team at once, but I couldn't see which ones they were. That kind of vibe. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we were all we were all wearing. They were all wearing batting gear. I do think, and again, going back to the Stanford thing, like that was part, that was all tied up in the Bernie Madoff case. Like, there's this massive yeah. corruption, you know. It's and and like the the IPL, the England, the Indian Premier League nearly brought down the Indian government at one time. Like, there's always so much well, mad. Like Imran Khan, like you know, Pakistan's greatest ever cricketer, arguably, became prime minister and and then was ousted and is now leading protest marches across the country. Like, there's and has there's just, just been always, shot. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shot, shot in the leg. So we should be out LBW if, if <laughs> anything is. If the laws are going to be properly upheld. To be honest, your dad and Imran Khan could hang out and show each other the war wounds. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine was from a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think you I think you're right there with cricket. It, it especially in places like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, the kind of the stars of cricket are seen more so than the superstars of any other sport, really. Mm. I think Messi and Ronaldo do have these kind of like deity-like positions in, in the wider world outside of their sports. But you have that with these the, 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 the greatest of Indian cricket, like Sachin Tendulkar, is is kind of seen more than just a celebrity in in India. He is he's just absolutely everything. Onion will you would probably have heard a few years ago there was this massive ball tampering scandal. Oh, so basically you're allowed I have spoken about that and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you're allowed shine the ball and you see them picking bits at the ball sometimes but you're not allowed change the, other than that you're not allowed change the nature of the ball. Like what make it a cube? well i mean kind of so there've been but there've been various scandals over the years mike atherton who was an english cricket captain got in trouble because he had did he have something in it was he chewing gum or something yeah and 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 then and then licking his finger and licking the ball shahid (laughs) afridi former pakistani player was seen just biting the ball on tv at one point what possible use could that be well i think he he was probably just trying to he thought it was an apple Uh, and yeah um, but then there was this match, obviously, a few years ago when Australia were in South Africa, and they had sandpaper in their pocket, and they were sandpapering the ball. And That's and again, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. Now again, the the outrage that happened was probably even more pathetic, though, given that like the Australian Prime Minister was d- discussing it in Parliament. <laughs> and yeah, and and all the players had to do kind of like YouTube esque like apology videos yeah. in front of the the press yeah. by like they had to wear an oversized hoodie and and say I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. To take a picture of the notes on their phone and I've let my it. team down. I've let my country down. Max, I've let everyone yeah. down. Have you ever had to do the classic YouTube apology video? Tear, tear, no. Leary not not just no not just yet on you but i feel like it it is gonna have to come at some point i mean it's it's almost kind of part of the part of the course really if you if you work in social media you will have to do one at some point and will you do it from the big uh, red bed yeah the big red bed and the most important part of every apology video is that the um the title of the video shouldn't be there should be no capitalized letters so it should say i'm sorry but it should say I'm sorry, but it should all be lowercase. Oh, nice. That's good. Is that because it's yeah. more sincere? I think so. I don't really understand why gra- mm. grammar suddenly goes out the way when we're apologising for some heinous thing that one has done. <laughs> I'm very, very partial to an apology video, often from somebody I've never, ever seen before. Like, a, you know, mm. a couple who've cheated, a YouTube couple who've cheated on each other. Oh, I'll take the day off work for that. Any Absolutely. Day of the week. The wonder that has that's really helped the viewing experience and kind of maybe cat, like being a catalyst for further drama is the stump mic. Now oh, we yeah. kind of get this in we get this in other sports where the referees are mic'd up, like we hear this in rugby sometimes where we can hear them effing and blinding. But the stump mic is turned on, so you can hear what the batsman, the wicketkeeper, the bowler often are saying to one another at all times, um, which can lead to to all sorts of japes. Um, mm. I think is 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 the correct term there. Yeah, yeah. Stump Mike is actually our other producer who's not on tonight. Stump but... Mike, yeah. Yo, yo, whoa, my name's Stump Mike. <laughs> Stumpy oh, Mike. If, if so, are cricketers perceived as being cool? Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I think if you asked, you had to ask the question, you knew the answer, didn't you? Hugh, would you rather be, uh, would you rather be Ronaldo or a semi-successful Irish cricketer? Well, no, but you see, again, you're picking the most successful football player of all time. Okay. But Anya, I'm not really sure your your line of questioning because you already know understand that cricketers are incredibly uncool. So it's like, would you rather be a multi millionaire god superstar or a guy that plays some cricket? See, I think I think Hugh would pick the latter. But Anya, well, if but if the choice was the most famous footballer in the world or the most famous cricketer in the world, I'd 100 percent pick the most famous cricketer. No, no, no. But yeah, you you're... have to be like a low level cricketer, an Irish cricketer. Yeah, I'd love to play cricket for Ireland. Yeah, I 100% I think you'd pick that. What would you guys pick? I mean, I, I would I would like all that money. That would be nice. Okay, so you're going that way. Well, what are you going? And it has to be an Irish cricketer. Irish cricketer or Messi. 
<laughs> I, I guess I think tea is disgusting and I wouldn't be able to deal with all the tea breaks in cricket. <laughs> I do think Irish Cricketer or Messi was another of Will's films, though. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question, though, Max, and I think people think you're being pretentious when you say it. Sorry, I say one, I don't mean you. But... Um, <laughs> You'll definitely sound pretentious when you I will, I will. But, I. Um, but like I would say, like I, I prefer test cricket. I do like test cricket as, as the international format I, I like to watch most, more so than the one day and the T20. And, and genuinely, even though the T20 is much shorter and has lights and flashing stumps and all that sort of stuff, I think it's boring. Would you, would you go with me on that or is that too strong? No, I think I, think I would and I can totally understand your... I can totally understand your 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 thought process there. I think it's funny. I would rather follow test cricket, mm. but I think I'd rather watch one day cricket. Mm. I love the idea of kind of going and and ha- going about your day and every 90 minutes just remember, "Oh god, yeah, what's the score?" and going back and checking the test match score. That does sound lovely. Yeah, and I mean, I should say when I watch a test match, I am usually doing something in the background as you <laughs> I say, say you are. Know, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's unpack that on you what do you mean i don't want to say but now you see Anya. now if i try and say anything that i do you're just yeah. going to laugh if i say i'm making granola <laughs> or like needing a bit of sourdough i mean come on yeah. or doing a crossword <laughs> or pairing some socks <laughs> i think i i do like I'm glad that that like 2020 and and one day stuff exists, but I think I almost see them a little bit like the Harry Potter films. I'm glad that they're there to get people into the real part of the of the you know the the industry. Well, there's a question. But ultimately, if, if our listeners are interested in giving it a go, uh, what would you suggest as an entry level drug? Like, how do you, how do you get into cricket? Play play stick stick cricket. Play yes. the game stick cricket. <laughs> What's stick cricket? Anya, you'd, you'd love this. It's a desktop computer game. Like, uh, stick cricket, a, a very, very lo-fi... I don't even know if that's the right terminology. Is that what a desktop game means? No, I meant desktop. But, like, it's basically <laughs> a game where you... There's also Ashes to Ashes. Have you played Ashes to Ashes? Ooh, it's a zombie cricket game. That's yeah. great. Um, oh, God, you, you'd great. enjoy it. You'd enjoy it. It's basically a, a something to, to waste time and work. But I do think, Anya, yeah, I think for watching cricket, 2020 is definitely the way to go. Or even the 100, which was this stupid format that England introduced a couple of years ago to try and get people. Or I would also say as well, if anyone's ever in a cricket-playing nation, I would always encourage them to go to a game. You know, particularly in, if they're in Australia, New Zealand, Pakistan, India, somewhere like that. I think that would be... I think it's just, it's a great day out. Like, Anya, I think you would love a day out. Oh, I cricket. think I would. Because I discovered you know? recently, you can bring in your own booze. You can. Oh, you're encouraged to bring in your own boots. <laughs> Other than, I saw a stat recently, which was that basically cricket is second only to darts in terms of the quantity of alcohol drunk at it. And I've gone on record on this podcast as saying, I'd love to go to a game of darts. Yeah, yeah. Looks like great crack. I think we're moving to the end, aren't we, guys? I'm aware that Max has been up since like three in the morning as well. <laughs> no, I'm all good. I'm enjoy. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying chatting. Chatting all things cricket. I mean, there is um to to slightly go slightly gauche with with the conversation. Oh, cricket yeah. and and uh, and and comedy do mix well, thanks to Stump Mike. Um, because mm. as we we always Stump hear Mike. these kind of Stump Mike, Stump Mikey, we love Stump Mike. Um, these kind of interactions that cricket players have, and I remember hearing the first time I kind of thought, wow, that's a zinger joke. <laughs> um, there, was a, there, was a, there was a player called Mike Getting that, uh, that Hugh has, has uh, talk, talked about already. And he was quite a rotund individual um, as, as a professional player. And um, he was playing and an Australian, an Australian player said, oh, uh, Mike, why are you so fat whilst he was playing? <laughs> and, and Mike, uh, the classic, this classic kind of go-to line, and Mike turned around and said, because every time I fuck your wife, she gives me a cookie. <laughs> and I remember like hearing this when I was about 10 and thinking, that is the funniest thing that anyone has ever said. And I just, I, I love that element of cricket as well. It's just kind of very gentle roasting that's going on in the middle of a field in, in northwest London. But is that cricket? Well, it, I mean, the tradition, like traditionalists would probably say no, but the young bucks like Hugh and I, absolutely, <laughs> go ahead. Have you, have you ever been called a young buck before? 
I'm, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And you're, you're quite a bit older than Max, if I may say. There's no need to point that out, but yes. So I think, Hugh, what's the end of a cricket game called? At the end. So we're reaching. We're reaching well, we've, we're reaching stumps. I suppose you could say on your we're we're into the final session or the final. Well, the overs, champagne has know. been drank. The uh, the the meringues. No, that's Wimbledon. Have been finished. <laughs> the meringues. The the sandwiches are being. Cricket put would away. be better with meringues. They would. The sandwiches are being. The cucumber sandwiches are being packed up. Uh, and at the end of the show, we like to decide if something is legitimate, like or not. Uh, Hugh, do you want to go first, and then we'll do Max, and then Will. I will, but because you've mentioned meringues, I suddenly have a question for Max, which mm. is, firstly, <laughs> do you get fed up as a Harrow man, as a Harrovian, with all this eaten mess nonsense? Yeah. And is there a Harrow mess? Yeah, you're talking to him. You are talking to him. <laughs> I mean, Eaton gets a lot more press than Harrow. I think Eaton's mm. PR works a lot harder. Um, and so they're, they're kind of like... Uh, they get their own pudding. Eaton fives, like I know, I heard you guys talk about Eaton fives on the PE PE episode. Um, like they have their own sport. Yeah. So yeah, no, hey, Eaton gets their own stuff, but you know what? They deserve it. Well done, guys. <laughs> uh, There's a fun fact: the Harrow versus Eaton cricket game, which which takes place at Lords, is uh, not only it's the second oldest cricket fixture in the world, but also it is the only cricket fixture in the world where the fans are separated. <laughs> Oh my god! No way! Is the I love that India and Pakistan? It's not no, required. No, Harrow and Eaton, and Harrow. just in case Bertie and Hubert get in a punch up. <laughs> Lumpy Stevens at dawn. Yeah, or... <laughs> exactly. Uh, cricket. Yeah, I think cricket is great. Um, I love all the everything that's going on around it. There's another actually very famous. When I mentioned the the things that happen in rain delays, after um, George Floyd was murdered. Um, there was a, a, a cricket match in England and Michael Holding, who was a fantastic West Indian fast bowler as well, there was a rain delay and they went to Holding to talk about Black Lives Matter and about racism in cricket. And it was completely off the cuff. And he he gave this monologue, I suppose, which then became famous around the world in both cricket and non-cricketing worlds. And it was just it was just amazing. And and you know, he talked about like the the difficulties of being a black cricketer in England which again I don't know I guess hadn't necessarily been aired all that much before and so that was that was quite cool to hear um but yeah look I think it's great I think it's lovely that there's a game that you can play at basically any age but that you can also watch people doing really 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 well on TV it's nice that Ireland are now good at it and have been for about 15 years um Again, any time there's an opportunity to beat England at anything, it's just very, very sweet. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's good that there's, there's cricket in the world. And Anya, there is a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of breaks. There's tea. There's lunch. But I actually think Anya that cricket is the sport made for you. So I'm going to say it's a legitimate like. I've no issue with the tea breaks or anything. I think that's great. Well, legitimate like or not? Uh, yeah, I, I came onto this thinking I'd argue the other way because I. I think it's silly, but then I it I think it's probably just being a white upper middle class boy of a certain age that I'm just like well, I can't imagine a world without cricket. It feels like part of you know I love going past the cricket ground and seeing the the kids play and you know I, yeah I like this becoming more accessible to different people. I I yeah I just I like it. My dad used to play it, it not to the same level. He he played for Cookridge Hospital. That's sort of the same. Only difference is he'd be able to probably fix the blood vessel immediately. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I think it's grand. Yeah, why not? I like it. I like it in the summer when it's on there. And once I went to Australia and watched the Ashes, and we bowled Australia out all out for ninety eight. And me and my dad were sitting next to Australian fans in the same stand, and we bought them a beer when we were doing better, and they bought us a beer when they were doing better. It was really nice. It's yeah. So yes, from me, making Max's vote entirely redundant, but. I still want to hear what you have to say. Absolutely, I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually not. I, I mean, I'm not really sure what the uh, the the specifications are for a legitimate like, but I think there will there. It it is just inherently so silly. I mean, there are so many positions, fielding positions called silly mid on, silly mid off, silly point, and um, there is so much pomp and circumstance, pomp and ceremony around cricket that is entirely not needed. Um, and that's why 
I don't think it is a legitimate like, but rather a a like that uh, you can dip in and out of oh. when you best please. Oh, so wow. it's it's actually wow. Max Fosh, your dad, <laughs> he is taken a beating. He's not in a grave yet, but he's turning in it. A paid comedian, and now he's he's getting his career is getting lampooned. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Anya, what would you have said? You, you've you've charmed me. I came in thinking it was it was ridiculous, and uh, I, I guess I, I suppose all sports are yeah. inherently silly, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but you've reminded me there is a certain romance to seeing a cricket game in the distance somewhere, isn't there? Mm. It's, yeah. it's, it's like being, as I said, a kind of a slow, painless death, a dreamless sleep. <laughs> uh, Max, any anything to tell us about the religion of silliness? How do we convert? Um, you can watch the video that's out uh, probably by the time this podcast comes out. I'm not sure how quickly you turn around podcasts, but uh, my video is going to be out probably on Sunday. So uh, oh, head over and become a member of the third largest religion in the UK. The third largest? Yeah. What are the top two? What are the other two? Well, because I have 1.4 million followers on YouTube, that would make me, if we're looking at the census, the third behind Christianity and Islam. Incredible. Um, yeah. So we're trying to hit top three, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, genuinely, Max's content is is the best. I love it. I love watching it. And I've spent far too much time watching your stuff. That's um, very kind. So I... I think Max, with his 1.4 million subscribers, probably needs a little bit of a boost. So go follow him on YouTube, follow him on Instagram, maybe Twitter as well if you're feeling spicy. Um, uh, Hugh, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Will. Ornia, we learned a lot about cricket, thanks to you. Uh, And it's just left to say, if you like the podcast, uh, rate it five stars, tell a friend about it, and see you next time. Goodbye from us. How's that? How's that? How's that? We're all out. Thanks, Max. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.